0: thank you for calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. We worship you, Jesus. To the Lord. Where does your help come from? Your help come from the maker of the heaven and the earth. Thank you, Lord. Let the weak say, I am do you Jesus. Welcome your Holy Spirit. Touch your people and release them in Jesus' name. Refresh them and strengthen them and encourage them. every knot that the enemy has tied in their hearts or their minds Jesus we dismantle thank you Jesus every attack that the enemy has struck them with whether it be fear or anxiety or depression in the name of Jesus Christ we command them to be free thank you lord thank you thank you holy spirit Setback. Anyone who has faced setback in their journey with Christ, we command it to be broken. We command the clear path in Jesus' name to be bestowed upon them by Your Spirit of Grace. Any setback, any restriction, any limitation that they are struggling with, that the enemy has caused, we command it to be broken in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Worship you, Father. Worship you, Father. Worship you. We welcome you here. Where the spirit of the Lord is, is freedom. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lift your hearts to the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. To thank him for what you don't have. Begin to thank him for what he's done. Thank him. Gratitude is the key for God to lift you out of every situation. Worship is your deliverance. In Jesus' name, we worship you, Lord. We honor you, our King and our Lord and our God thank you hallelujah hallelujah i declare the joy of the lord is their strength hope never puts them to shame because the love of god's been poured into their hearts by the power of the holy spirit church, in the worship, in the worship. He wants his people to come Lord Jesus, you teach us how to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Any attacks over their minds or their emotions, I command it to be released now in Jesus' name. Thank you. Receive it. I see like elastic bands are coming off people's minds. Tightness and pressure. And the clouded minds, confused minds, attack minds man to be healed in Jesus name. Thank you Lord. Greater is the one who is in us than the one who is in the world. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Thank you. The Holy Spirit wants us to build an atmosphere where we gather in one accord and worship him. Thank you Lord. Worship him. weapon formed against you will prosper. It may be formed against you, but it won't prosper if you seek Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. It's you alone who protects us from the evil one. Thank you, Lord, for your blood. We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb testimony. Our testimony is the blood of Jesus of our lives. We declare it over our minds, our soul and our spirit and our flesh, our families, the ministry, the will of God in everyone's life and our workplace. In Jesus' name, we declare blessings upon blessings in every area of our life because of the grace of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your grace, Lord. You turned our mourning into joy. Thank you for your joy. For the joy set before you, you endured the cross. Joyfully he went for you and I. Joyfully he saw you and he saw myself when he went and died for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your perfect love that was expressed at the cross. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your love that turns the desert into a river. Thank you, Lord. Let your love overflow in our hearts today. Let it overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, Lord. When you love Jesus, you must love the present. Jesus and the presence cannot be separated. The highest way you can give glory to God is when you give glory to his presence. When you give glory to his presence, you will not compromise the secret place. The secret place in his presence in hell, you give glory to Jesus. been reconciled, ransomed by your blood. Thank you. We're no longer slaves, but sons. I pray for the sonship mentality to be in our minds and our hearts. We are sons. Thank you. You're a son and a daughter. presence and his flow. But the ministry is going to increase in this way, where the Holy Spirit becomes a place where he dwells and he moves freely. The Holy Spirit is going to take In your life now. Put your hands, whether it's an attack on your mind, put your hand on any area that needs to be restored and begin to ask the Lord now to release you now in Jesus' name. Begin to any attacks on your mind, whether it's fear, anxiety, depression, clouded mind, confused mind, begin to confess it to the light. Thank you. Speak your heart to him. Be anxious for nothing but everything through prayer and supplication. Make your request known to God. And the God of peace which surpasses all understanding will be with you. for worship I think the Holy Spirit loves this flow in the music rejoice today yes God is working on our hearts but rejoice today the joy of the Lord is our strength joy is the key to moving forward says that the righteous may have many troubles, but God delivers them out of all. It's true. I'm a witness of this. Be happy. Rejoice. Faith is today. Faith is in the moment. It's present. Rejoice and live your life with Christ. Everyone. Always. Bless you. Thank you for the worship. It's beautiful. Thanks for all the people serving. We appreciate all of you guys. Amen. Okay. Are we ready for tonight? So many people always ask me, you always speak so deep to my heart. It's true, the Holy Spirit, he speaks like this. He goes to the innermost being to touch every area of your life. So important that you know this. Last week was a treasure. We learn about the mystery of faith. What's the mystery of Faith. Who said that? Good conscience. Amen. amen. The mystery of faith is a good conscience. You know what that means? It means that faith is a gift and your conscience is something that needs to be renewed and refreshed in the Lord. You know, imagine having faith to heal, cast out demons, raise the dead, prophesy, operate in the spiritual gifts and have a conscience that sees it or have a conscience that's defiled. Imagine. It's terrible. You'll never feel complete. And a lot of people don't touch in this area about what it means to have a good conscience. And I know when the Holy Spirit allows me to see a teaching, He takes me to every deep spiritual meaning. So we can be built in the Lord. We can be strengthened in the Lord. You know, the most important thing, God wants to know you in your conscience. Imagine you doing something for the Lord and your conscience telling you something else. Imagine. It's not fruitful. You'll be doing something, you're, it's like you're forced. It's like you're forced to do things for the Lord. But when you have a good conscience with the Lord, you hear every time the Holy Spirit Paul and the Holy Spirit are in agreement. And you start to see the Holy Spirit touches this area. He wants to build a good conscience. And and interesting what I'm preaching today, I'm preaching about what are the fruits of a bad conscience. So if you get uncomfortable today, it's a blessing because more of Christ is going to enter you. It's a blessing. Every teaching that exposes Kingdom of darkness, it's a blessing so you can grow. Okay, are we ready? So today is the a, a day of reflection to reflect your heart. reflect your heart today we'll go to the first scripture second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 12 now look here Paul, Paul is boasting here in something so amazing. He's showing you where your boasting must be in the Lord. So when someone says, I boast in the Lord, this is the first area that Paul is speaking about that needs to be touched. And look here. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience. You know, you can do so much outward work for God, but your conscience is still part of the world or part of the flesh or part of the enemy. That's the most dangerous thing. So when you know the mystery of faith is a good conscience, you begin to understand that there has to be agreement with you inside. So look here. Our boasting is this. Now he's boasting here, and he's showing you nothing to boast in the outside he says all your boasting is what happens inside of you. <laughs> I sit with people every week and the Holy Spirit lets me see right through them. You know why? Because God's boasting is your conscience. And this gift that God's given me, it's not to uh, look down on anyone. Or it's not, to, it's not to boast in myself or promote myself. It's to actually bring Christ in you. For our boasting is this the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity. Now, this is a massive statement because Paul's boasting about His whole life in the will of God, and he's come to this understanding that it's got nothing to do with the outside. It has everything to do with what happens inside of you. Yes? So remember I spoke about the conscience? Your conscience is like your heart, it's like your heart has a mind. And that's what the conscience is. So it says here, for our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly towards you. Now let's break this down. Now if you get uncomfortable, which I did when I was studying it, it's a blessing because there's nothing more freer than living in the life of the Spirit with Christ. The worst thing is when the enemy has strings attached to you and he can trouble you, he can torment you, and you'll be such an effective Christian. Now let's go. The word simplicity in the Strong's 5.7.2 is haplo haploas, that's the word simplicity in the Greek. It defines, now listen to this, it defines as one who is free from pretense or hypocrisy. Now we're going to get deep in the conscience here. So the word simplicity means he is free from pretense or hypocrisy. It means he's not self-seeking. Let's see a biblical example regarding pretense. This is from Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 to 18. Now, the Holy Spirit showed me something so powerful here. And he showed me why, and I'll speak on behalf of the churches here in Australia, why they struggle, why they struggle to be formed in the Holy Spirit. And he showed me this major religious spirit is causing havoc in the body today. And I'll show you. You're going to begin to see here the highest level of how the religious spirit operates. Yeah, most of the people, or I like to say by God's grace, we are saved. Yeah, this is how the religious spirit creeps in, unknowingly and hides behind the Word of God. Because all of us now here, we want to please God, right? Yeah, there are people here that are still pleasing themselves, but most of us want to please God. Yes? So here you begin to see what happens with a person walking in the Spirit and hiding these attributes of the enemy inside of him. And God showed me the highest level of the religious spirit how He operates in here, and it's important that you know this because God warned me about religious spirits trying to enter the ministry, and I have to say it how it is. And we are all on a path of learning. I said this regarding myself, but when you see this behavior, you start to see well, it's bigger than what you can actually see. So let's read it. <clears throat> now, there are, two, there are two kinds of preachers here. Now, I want you to know, believers, that what has happened to me, this imprisonment that was meant to stop me, has actually served to advance the spread of the good news regarding salvation. My imprisonment is the cause of Christ, has become common knowledge throughout the whole tradition, imperial God and to everyone else. Because of my chains, seeing that I am doing well and that God is accomplishing great things, most of the brothers have renewed confidence in the Lord and have far more courage to speak the Word of God, the Word of God concerning salvation without fear of the consequence, seeing that God can work His good in all circumstances. Some, it is true, are actually preaching Christ out of envy and rivalry towards me for no better reason than a competitive spirit. God showed me in this teaching that the highest-ranking religious spirit is competitive. And I hide so much in the church today. <laughs> uh. A competitive spirit birthed from envy and we'll talk about the other envy stuff, but this is pretty intense. Now I'm speaking about a good conscience. Uh, sorry bad conscience. I actually preaching Christ out of envy and rivalry towards me for no better reason than a competitive spirit or misguided ambition. They're misguided. There's an illusion in their mind that they have believed or haven't dealt with. But others out of goodwill and a loyal spirit. So you begin to see here, the opposite of envy is a loyal spirit. Okay. Towards me, the latter preach Christ out of love, because I know that I have been put here by God on purpose for the defense of the gospel. But the former preach Christ insincerely out of selfish ambition, just self promotion, thinking that they are causing me distress in my imprisonment. What that does, what then does it matter? So long is in every way, whether in pretense or self promotion, or in all honesty to spread the truth, Christ is being preached, and in this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice later as well. Now, amazing scripture to ask you something and you've got to ask yourself an honest question why are you walking with Jesus you begin to see why are you walking with Jesus every day what what's promoting you to pray what's promoting you to seek him what's your ambition what is your desire you begin to see you begin to understand all these things Paul said I want to know Christ and him crucified you begin to see the approach that we have to be so careful in how we are walking with God. Now I want to break down the scripture, but God showed me here the highest ranking religious spirit, a competitive spirit that's so concealed and hidden and people struggle to detect this. So let me explain. Okay, so let's look at the, let's look at the fruits of self-promotion, okay? Self-promotion is that you're doing it unto yourself, you're not really doing it unto Christ. That's what self-promotion means. You're doing something to promote yourself. Okay, so the the meaning of pretense means self-promotion. So he's talking about a good, could we go back to the good conscience one? No, the first one, please. So it says here, for our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and got this sincerity. So here, the word pretense, from what I just read out, is self-promotion. The fruits of self-promotion are envy, rivalry, competitive spirit, misguided ambition, and ins- insincerity, selfish ambition. So this is the fruit, this is the fruit of what it means to walk in self-promotion, which unfortunately is a bad conscience. So it's going to get deeper. The meaning, I'm gonna look at the first word, envy. The meaning of envy means a sin of jealousy over the blessings and achievements of others, especially enjoyment and abundance of the kingdom of Christ, freely and graciously bestowed upon the people of God. Say it again. The meaning of jealousy is a sin of jealousy, i oh sorry, the meaning of envy, is a sin of jealousy over the blessings and achievements of others, especially enjoying the abundance of the kingdom of Christ, freely and graciously bestowed upon the people of God. So you begin to see here, so let's say I was getting blessed by the Lord, and someone is envying me because of what God's done in my life. Instead of humbling yourself, and coming to God and going through the process, your eyes remain on me. Your your eyes remain on me, and then you start to reason in your heart that, how come I haven't received my breakthrough yet? How come I haven't received my deliverance yet? How come I haven't been healed yet? How come I haven't been blessed by the Lord yet? And that's so common today in the churches, because their eyes are not on the Lord, Neither on their conscience, neither on their heart, their eyes, on others. And what does that say? That says you're operating in envy. Envy, when I studied that, I, I freaked out how, how strong the foundation of envy is and how, how much people are operating in this way. Envy is throughout the whole Bible, and you're going to begin to see. You're going to begin to see this. The whole point of this teaching is to see it in your heart. If you're free from this, praise the Lord Jesus. But if you can see the attributes and the characteristics of this, you'll begin to become free. We'll go to Acts chapter 7 verse 9. Quickly. It says here when they sold Joseph in the Old Testament when his brothers sold him this is what this is what pushed them to sell his brother and the patriarchs becoming envious sold Joseph into Egypt but God was with him so you begin to see most of people's decisions unfortunately Especially in the beginning of the journey, they are promoted by envy. So I read out from Acts chapter 7 verse 9 and I read from 10 as well. It said, But God was with him and delivered him out of all his troubles and gave him favour and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Okay. Now this this is very deep. The word envious in the Strong's Greek 2206 is zelo. The word is zelo. Okay? The word means are you ready for this one? The word means to burn with zeal in abundance. The word means to be heated or to boil with envy, hatred, anger. Now look at this here, please just take a step back. To be heated or to boil with envy, the root, leads to hatred, the result is anger. I'll stop right now. You have to you have to get this one. Stop. The word envy means to be heated or to boil with envy being the root problem. It leads to hatred, the result is anger. So can a person, for example, get angry for the sake of getting angry? No, there's a root here. There's a root here. Someone says, why do I struggle? Why do I struggle with hatred in my heart? Or why do I struggle to hate, uh, why do I struggle to love someone? And I'm always hating on someone. That, that word there is envy. You have to get this. You can't, just, you can't just hate on anyone. You can't just be angry for the sake of being angry. The the major root of it. There's other roots, but the major root of it is envy. Because spiritually speaking, in your heart, imagine you don't have what. Imagine you don't have what you want from God. Yeah, the result is what. The result you hate that situation, then you become angry, and you can hate any situation. It can be anything that's not going your way. But God's getting into something here, so envy the root of the. The word envy means to be heated or to boil with envy, which leads to hatred, and the result is naturally anger. Anyways, we'll keep going. First Samuel, got a first Samuel. Chapter 18, verse 1 to 12. 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 1 to 12. Now, this is interesting because. Look what envy produced in in Saul. When David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was bounded to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as himself. Saul took David that day and did not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan stripped himself of the outer robe that he was wearing and gave it to David with his armour including his sword, his bow and his belt. Now this links up to Ephesians and I'm going to preach it one day because there's a mystery here that enlightens the New Testament. I just want to let you know that. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and he acted wisely and prospered. And Saul appointed him over the men of war and he pleased all the people and also Saul's servant. As they were coming home, when David returned from killing the Philistines, the woman came out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, song of joy, and the musical instruments. The woman sang as they played and danced, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousand. Then Saul became very angry, for this saying displeased him, and he said, they have ascribed to David 10,000, but to me they have ascribed only 1,000. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? Saul looked at David with suspicion and jealousy from that day forward. So you see, God was blessing him. God was blessing uh, David and, and people rejoicing over David and with suspicion... With with envy, with envy and jealousy, from that day, they uh, Saul began to watch him. Out of out of out of jealousy, out of envy, out of suspicion. Now it says here. Now it came about the next day that an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. Look look what look how the evil spirit attacked him. What was the entry? Envy. Can you see? Can you see or you can't see? The demon attaches himself to envy. And there, 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 there is a there is a result in this. There's a there's a mystery here that enlightens the New Testament. Is that Saul looked at David with suspicion and jealousy from that day forward? What did, the, what did the Pharisees say on Palm Sunday? Look, everyone's going to him. They're going to leave our temple and go to him. What was... The, huh? You see the religious spirit? But you see how it can creep into our lives? You begin to see, same language, but look here, the danger. If this goes unchecked, And it can only be crucified by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's role is to cleanse you from this. It it is the role. But imagine that that you live with it and it becomes your luggage. You will never be free in the Lord. God wants a good conscience, clear and pure. And that's how much truth he wants to be in you. Truth comes to the innermost being. Now look here. Now it came about the next day, evil spirit entered. Nothing's changed. Now it came about the next day that an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul and he raved madly inside his house while David was playing the harp with his hand. Now there's a mystery here. David, that word playing with the harp, it means he was in the presence of God. You, you, see, the, you see the key here? You see the key? How to deal with envy? Presence. Worship you, Jesus. And he starts to let you see what's in your heart. You see? He's showing you how to combat envy. When you sit in the presence of God... Playing the harp means to sit in the presence of God. And I'll read you the scripture. But he's showing you the more you spend time with God, he'll let you see your heart. He'll let you see your heart. Imagine you don't sit in the presence of God. You'll never see your heart. You will see it only from the outside. You understand? There's a mystery here. And there's a warning here also. while david was playing the harp with his hand as usual now i'll show you the scripture what it means to play the harp second kings chapter 3 verse 15 the harp is symbolic of god's presence in the old testament it says that the playing of the harp brought god's presence and his hand to come upon you By now bring a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Where? Where does it come? To your conscience. (laughs) It comes to your conscience. The mature have trained themselves to discern good from evil. So when you sit in the presence of God, God puts his hand on your conscience and begins to reflect his face on that. It's true. So the person who rejects the presence is rejecting their conscience from being cleaned. So when a person tells me, I struggle to spend time with the Lord, he's telling God, in in, in in a way that I cannot be cleaned because the presence was designed by God to cleanse you. The first encounter you have with the Lord, he touches the mind of your heart, your conscience. That's why the people, they cast out demons, they raised, they raised the dead, they prophesied, Jesus says, go away, I don't know you. They didn't allow God to cleanse them. You need to know this. You need to know this. You were designed by God to be like him. And when you sit in the presence, you become like him. There's a mystery in this scripture. Mystery, so many mysteries. Ephesians locks onto it perfectly. And I'm going to read it. But you see how they talk about the sword of the spirit? Here he talks about the presence. And they just they intertwine. they just connect. Look what it says here. While David was playing the harp with his hand, as usual, there was a spear in Saul's hand. What is that spear in the New Testament? What is that spear? Oh. Saul heard the spear, for he thought, thought, I will pin David to the wall, but David evaded him twice. Now Saul was afraid of David, because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. What does the Holy Spirit do? When you entertain envy and you let it grow, it produces death. What does, the, what does the Holy Spirit do? Departs. He cannot sit in that place. Though he's waiting for you to repent, though he's waiting for you to come back to that place of your senses, Yeah, that anointing departs, you become numb from God. Numb. Every believer here, Has the Holy Spirit in them, right? The moment you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. Not everyone hears Him. Not everyone hears Him. That is the truth. Not everyone hears from the Holy Spirit. And there are reasons why you don't hear from the Holy Spirit. There are many reasons, and this is one of the reasons. Because you're not spending time in His presence so He can deal with these areas. I really believe and this is me, yes, God is patient with everyone, not wanting anyone to perish, everyone to come to repentance, yes, but he can't speak to a defiled mind. imagine you hearing imagine you hearing from God and something is twisting that or taking it away. God wants to cleanse that area. Now look what happened here because he operated with suspicious suspicion, jealousy. From that day an evil spirit entered him. Holy Spirit. Okay. And the Holy Spirit will press onto that day by day to open your heart. He will bring that fruit up continuously. A lot of people say, okay, how can I see it? By, by different situations, the Holy Spirit will bring it forward so you can see it and you can hide it. So every day or a week, you may, you may face hard situations or challenges and God's actually pinpointing the problem. He's pinpointing it so you can see it. And you say, man, I'm always like, uh, what's going on with me? I'm always feeling these things like this is surfacing. God's showing you the issue. So every circumstance you go, Romans 5 tells you it produces godly character. You can't cast out a character out of you. You can't cast, you have to understand that it's not from God. You resist it, naturally the enemy flees. But envy is, it's massive. Because if you're not connected to the present, unfortunately you fall victim to it. <laughs> I had so many people in the beginning of my journey, they said they're so envious of what God is doing in your life. They were telling the truth, but that's what they felt in their hearts. They didn't know if they humbled themselves, God would produce them to be even greater. But they looked at me And they observed me. And do you know what I turned into? In judgment, they started to look at my faults, my weaknesses, and my struggles. Envy leads to that. But I don't want to go there today. I don't want to go there. I'm not. So eventually, envy leads to injuring someone. What did Saul want to do to David? He wanted to injure him because God was promoting him. So what was the entry point for the demonic spirit to enter? Envy. And then you become a person, uh, you become a person that watches that person out of the wrong spirit. Okay. Now this is interesting here. It's all interesting, but... Proverbs fourteen thirty. It says, "A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones." Now, now this is interesting. The word "rottenness," the word "rottenness" in the Hebrews. Seven five three eight is rokub. That's the word. What it means? Rokub in the Hebrew. It defines as to decay. Now, now it, there's a deeper meaning, and thank God I found it. The word decay means to be eaten by a worm. When a worm eats something, what does it do? Slowly, slowly. Slowly, slowly. Slowly, slowly, it doesn't destroy you immediately. Slowly, slowly, it eats of you. Year, two years, three years, and before you know it, you've decayed with envy. And what does the the worm do? It eats inside of you and it grows bigger. That's what a worm does. It eats inside of you, slowly, slowly, all the seeds that's planted by God telling you to bring it to the surface. And the worm eats it and eats it and eats it slowly, and before you know it, you've decayed. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 4. Proverbs 27, 4, in the KJV. Now, in the New King James, it doesn't say this. It says jealousy, but the word is actually envy. It says, rascal. And anger is outrageous. But who is able to stand before envy? So you begin to see here, you begin to see the pattern of your life. I'm not saying that you are operating in this, but you begin to see the patterns. What's allowing you to grow? Someone says, I'm pushed to grow because he is growing. This can be in your workplace. This can be in what feeds you from day-to-day life. You can begin to see. What is feeding me to succeed? I want to prove someone wrong. I want to let everyone know that God can work through me. What is pushing you to move forward? Is it humility? Is it the love of God? You begin to see Okay, so those who practice, well, I don't want to go there just yet, we'll go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, that's the last scripture. Okay, let's get into this one here. Now here, he's showing you that envy is the cause for the rest of these. Okay. This is from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, again in the KJV, because the New King James tells you jealousy. It says, For I fear, lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I would, and that I shall be found unto you such as you would not, lest there be debates, envyings, wrath, strife, backbiting, whispering, swelling, and tumult. So you begin to see here, The root cause for all of these, Paul is showing us it's coming from envy. Now look what it produces, all the rest of these things, and I'm going to break it down quickly. Now this is to get to your heart. This is to speak to your heart so you can be free from these things and begin the process with God. Now look what it says here. The word debate means quarrel and contention. The word wrath The word wrath means bad mood, rage, annoyance, and easily irritated. The word strife means anger. Backbiting means defamation, evil speaking. Whispering means secret slandering. Secret slandering and the magical murmuring of a charmer of a snake. Now where is that all getting birth from? Where is that all getting birth from? Envy. Envy is the root problem of this. Now, let me just say this again. Whisperings, that's what it means in the Greek. Whispering means in the Greek, secret slandering and the magical murmuring of a charmer of a snake. That's what it actually means. The root problem of it, it's envy. You can't just secretly slander someone without envy being the cause. So let's say Tony got blessed in the Lord and God's promoting him by the grace of God, and I look at him, and, and I look at him, and I start to look at him out of envy. What have I done? I've sat in the charmer of the snake, and I'm feeding that. That can be in ministry. That can be in your workplace. That can be in your blessings. That can be in all the things God's given you. You understand? Swellings means to puff up the soul and Pride. Tumuts. now look at this here. Now the reason for envying, it produces this one. Now this is very common in the body today. I want to read it to you. Tumut defined as instability, confusion and disorder. So I'll read it again. Tumut defined as instability, confusion and disorder. The root word, envy is the problem. Yes, God wants to bless you, but he wants to deal with this area. Because even before Christ, Paul shows this fruit as a major characteristic of your old nature. And he shows you that that leaving unchecked, what does it do? You cannot stand against it. Because it cannot receive anything good, it's always looking out of insult or an attack. We'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. And it says here, this is Paul speaking. Now he's identifying a spiritual babe, an infant. It's like he's just just in the area of starting the will of God in his life. He says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk not with solid food for until now you were not able to receive it and even now you are not still able so here it's showing you what's blocking you from getting promoted by God okay he's showing you what blocks you from getting promoted by God now this is this is the truth what blocks you from getting promoted by God everyone here is believing in Jesus and walking with him Who's getting promoted by God from week to week, month to month, year to year? You begin to see. Okay, what's the reason? This can be one reason, but I'm just showing you how God, what does God do? God promotes your conscience. Can you see it now? Now, look, I'll show you. For you are still carnal, for where there are, First root, envy, the rest of them follow. You begin to see? For you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like me, man? You know how many people in the beginning of my journey saw that God gave me a ministry by His grace, and they wanted to start a ministry the next week, and they wanted to start their own move of God the next week? They didn't understand that it only comes from God. Nothing comes out of envy. You cannot produce anything good from God beginning in envy. (laughs) Uh. So let's say I want a prosper in my business because I've seen how much he's blessed, I want to do the same. You've already... Uh, Welcome that demonic spirit to enter your path. You understand? You get it? And you begin to see many people's lifestyles are based around this. It's not only for the spiritual. You do it first in the physical, and naturally, you do it in the spiritual. But you begin to see what's driving me to succeed. Is it God's goodness, grace, and time? Or is it me looking at others and, and envying and seeing where they are and I want the same? Same as covetousness. But you begin to see what's blocking God. From this scripture, it's too powerful. God's showing you the first encounter with promotion for the meat, it's your conscience. Have, have you ever seen it like that? God blesses what? Your conscience. If there's truth in your innermost being, if there's purity in your innermost being, God bl- promotes you. He blesses you. Make no mistake, it's the truth. It's the truth. That promotion comes when your conscience is good in the Lord. and where, where is it birthed from? Presence the presence, God put his hand and he lets you see so you can begin to confess it and open it to him. Finally, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 26, shows you that the people who operate in envy are barred from the kingdom of God. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, and heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now we're showing you, you can't enter the kingdom of God on earth. You won't be used by God. One of them was envy. Envy is the root cause of many things. But it's interesting, it eats you slowly. Leaving it unchecked, it eats you slowly. I sat with some people before, and they said, you know, I, I want to thrive in my, in my business. I want to thrive in the will of God. And I said, bro, what's pushing you? you know, I want to prove all the people wrong. One said, you know, I I want what this other guy had. And it's so cunning how it gets into us undetected. And it begins to control everything we do. So this is one meaning of a bad conscience. This is not a, a, how can I say it, this is not a message that's going to lift you it's going to expose. When you can see it, when you can see it, you can be at war with it. But if you can't see it, you accept it and it will be part of your nature. It's true. You begin to see what God's most interested with. Yes? You begin to see conscience, your heart. He measures your heart. What does Samuel say? Does anyone know the scripture? That God doesn't look at the appearance of the heart, appearance of the outer, outward appearance. He looks at what? to bless everyone according to their deeds. God looks at that area, and so many people want to be someone and something for God. Yes, God will give that to you, but he's testing your conscience. He's testing your conscience. Lord, give me more. And envy is springing. Jealousy is springing. Strife in your heart is springing. And you can, do, you can do ten things in the Lord and one person will pluck out the wrong, one wrong thing that you do. So you have to be careful of this. This is a warning. If you want to get promoted in the, in the body of Christ and you want to serve to walk with the Lord, this thing will spring up and it's already springing up so we can work on it. Because God showed me why the body of Christ is not being formed in Australia, competitive spirit. It's interesting, competitive. How many frictions happen in the church today because there's envy, a person makes a decision, um, we're going to kick this guy out or we're going to show favoritism. Well, I'm getting jealous because he's getting the platform and I'm not. How many churches are destroyed today because of envy? How many people in the body of Christ are suffering because of envy? It's the truth. It is the truth. So again, the meaning of envy is jealousy over the blessings and achievements of others especially enjoyment and abundance of the kingdom of Christ, freely and graciously bestowed upon the people of God. So something that I wanted to speak about before I close off, the opposite of envy is a loyal spirit. How loyal are you to your brothers and sisters in Christ? And envy, the way that envy operates, it uses... Saul couldn't use David anymore, he wanted to kill him. How many people do we kill in our hearts when they can do nothing for us? How many people do we kill in our hearts, murmur or speak against, when it doesn't go our way? You see, What they've done in the physical in the Old Testament, we do it spiritually in the New Testament. So what happens in everyone's heart here, when you don't get what you need from your brother or sister. You see envy, what it does? Envy uses, and if it can't use it, it spits them out. Be careful from this. Okay, this may not be you. You may have little fruits of it. I don't know. But what I know is this envy is reaping havoc in people's hearts today. Because it's undetected. Many people have brought up been brought up in families that have thrived to uh, compare you know competitive spirit. it's not only for God, it's for uh, living your life on earth. It's not only for the it's not only for the Father's will, it's in everyday lifestyle. Are you competitive? What's thriving you? What's pushing you to be competitive? Look at the root words of them in your heart. look. Why am I so competitive? Why do I want to achieve? And you say, well, I'm comparing myself because of envy. I'm, I'm getting pushed because of envy, It's nothing to do with God. So think about it. The teaching more and more is going to be regarding this, about what is a bad conscience. I spoke about the first one and that being envy. There's rivalry, competitive spirit, misguided ambition, insincerity, selfish ambition. And what God wants is a pure heart, devotion truly to him. And you start to see, you say, man, why didn't I read this before? How could I not see it? We're in season now by the Holy Spirit to do this. Amen? He wants your heart. Understand this. Okay, so we'll pray. Thank God. We'll pray together as a body and we'll ask the Lord to have mercy on us and to forgive us from the iniquity of envy. You may think nothing of it, but as you walk in the Lord, you'll begin to see. You'll begin to see, wow, I can see it now. Your victory is how you see it. If you can't see it, then you're a slave to it. The opposite the opposite of envy, you know the word opposite of envy? Content. You begin to see, am I content? Because most of your time is siphoned because of envy, because you're trying to fill a void that cannot be fulfilled. It's true. The most important thing to me is that my time with God's not compromised. Envy allows your time to be robbed by God. The opposite of envy is contentment. The greatest gift by the Holy Spirit is contentment. When you're content, you will not fight and war inside your heart to chase the things that are not of God. Yes, God blesses you in His time. But jealousy is such a cancer. Uh, Envy is such a cancer. It allows you not to love your brother freely. It allows you to look at your brother in an envious way. It's a cancer. And God wants to produce the perfect love of God amongst the brothers and sisters. Really. I'm here to tell you the truth. What the Holy Spirit says to me, I'll share it with you, is after your conscience. Because in your conscience God sees and tests that place. In all throughout Proverbs, the Lord tests your heart. The Lord weighs your heart. He looks in this area. I pray by the grace of God that you open your heart for him. Really, we thank you, Jesus. Father, we enter your throne of grace by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. We come to receive mercy and help in time of need. We repent, Lord, as a body from the sin of envy. We ask for your precious blood to wash us from the sin that is deep-seated of envy. We repent from it, Lord, and we ask you by the Spirit of grace that you release us from this terrible cancer that destroys the work of God. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. I pray for the gift of contentment to come upon the body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Cleanse our hearts, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray that our conscience, Lord, which is our boasting, that we have conducted ourselves on earth in simplicity and godly sincerity. We pray this truth to be in our hearts, that we may please the heart, please the Lord from our conscience. Lord Jesus, we worship you and we thank you.